Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Now, if you were an Israelite, can you imagine being an Israelite? Okay, your people have been oppressed for 400 years. So that's pretty rough to begin with. So now this guy named Moses shows up. He throws his staff on the ground. It turns into a snake. That gets their attention. He says, hey guys, I'm leading you out. God's taking us out. And so they, they start to listen to Moses, but then Pharaoh clamps down on them harder and harder. And then they're upset with Moses. And then God does some amazing miracle. Then the people's heart would be encouraged. But then Pharaoh hardens his heart so the people would be down. Then they go up. God does another major thing. Then they go down. Then they go up. Then they go down. I mean, they're, they were on some emotional roller coaster. So finally, when God does this last plague and basically puts their firstborn to death, um, God was bringing judgment on the gods of the Egyptians. Finally, they're sent out hurriedly at night. And then, after all those plagues, after all this up and down roller coaster ride, a million, probably two million people flee because there were 600,000 men, not counting women and children. So that, can you imagine two million people walking somewhere? That's, that's just incredible. So they walk to the Red Sea. So their back's up against the Red Sea. And now Pharaoh decides once again, I think I'm going to go after them. Why did we even let them go? This is crazy. So now Pharaoh's got his elite troops bearing down on these people who were just on this up and down roller coaster. So what's their reaction going to be at the Red Sea? It's just complete terror. It's like, are you kidding me? This is unbelievable. But Moses has faith. He sticks his staff in the Red Sea. God parts the Red Sea. They cross. Pharaoh and his army comes in. The the sea closes on them. And finally, 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 this threat, this fear, this persecution has been taken care of. And what does Moses say? Chapter 15. Do we have it up there? Yeah, Moses, uh, he sings a song. I mean... Would you? These guys are ready for a praise song if, if ever there's a group of people. Then Moses and the son of Israel sang this song to the Lord and said, I will sing to the Lord for He is highly exalted. The horse and its rider He has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise Him. My Father's God and I will extol Him. He goes on and on. I'm not going to read the whole Song of Moses, but you need to read the Song of Moses. He's just recounting how awesome God is, all the great things God did. So even though they went through a tremendous amount of pain uh, and duress, you know, there they are on the other side. God is faithful. He brings them out. And Moses writes this wonderful praise song. Verse 11, Who is like you among the gods? All the Egyptian gods had just been completely trumped, triumphed over, and God was shown victorious in Egypt. Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders. And as I read these, as I read these to you, you want to go back to these because one way to increase our praise to God is to increase our vocabulary of praise. Right? Because sometimes it's like, well, what do I say when I praise God? Well, here's some vocabulary for you. Majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders. Isn't that isn't that good? Yeah. Okay. So 
Not to be outdone, Miriam, Moses' brother, says, all right, yeah, Moses, that's a good praise song, but I got my own praise song. So the ladies now, Miriam brings the uh, ladies out in verse 20. So Miriam, the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took the timbrel in her hand. So she's got the tambourines. And all the women went out with her with timbrels and with dancing. I mean, I don't know, hundreds of women? Thousands of women? Can you see that? It's, it's just pretty cool to think about. So Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for He is highly exalted. The horse and his rider He has hurled into the sea. So what can we take away from their expressions of praise? When God does something big, that's time to pull out the praise gun. Okay? So you think, well, you know, well, God hasn't really done anything big in my life recently. Well, that's okay, because He will. Um, but He has in the past, right? Your salvation is the biggest thing you have. That is the biggest work God has ever done in your life. So if there's nothing big that God seems to be doing in your life right now, you just remember what He's done. It could be three years ago when He protected you from a wreck. It could be five years ago when He did a major thing with one of your sons or daughters. You just remember in the past, you say, God, I'm looking forward to what you're going to do in my life, but I praise you, God. I'm just remembering all these wonderful things that you've done in my life. And here's some songs you can go to in Exodus chapter 15. All right, let's look at some more expressions of praise here. Let's go to David in 2 Samuel. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the context of this is uh, the Philistines captured the ark. You know, the ark stood for God's presence and God being with His chosen people. So the Philistines have the ark of the covenant and it wreaks havoc on the Philistine gods, Dagon. So they, they get rid of this ark. And I'm not going to go into all the details, but it ends up with this guy named Obed-Edom in Israel. Well, God starts to bless Obed-Edom because the ark of the covenant is in his house. And so David's like, okay, we need to bring this thing back into Jerusalem. So here we are. Uh, starting. I'm going to start in verse 13. And so it was that when the bearers of the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. And David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. Okay, so men, we saw with Moses, Moses was the man. He didn't dance. Men don't dance, right? Miriam, the woman, got out there and danced. So men don't dance, but they do dance. So we're not off the hook. So David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. How embarrassing would that be? If I started dancing up here right now, would I make you feel uncomfortable? <laughs> Especially if, if it's bad, right? <laughs> if it's good, you might forgive me. Um, verse 16. Then it happened as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David that Michal, the daughter of Saul, this was David's wife, she looked out the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord and she despised him in her heart. Okay, verse 20. But when David returned to bless his household, Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How the king of Israel distinguished himself today. He uncovered himself in the eyes of his servant maids as one of the foolish ones shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michal, 
It was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all the house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will celebrate before the Lord. I will be more lightly esteemed. I think King James or New King James says, I will be more undignified than this. He doesn't care. He said, I'll I'll make a fool out of myself again. I don't care. Then all this, and will humble in my own eyes, but with the maids of whom you have spoken, with them I will be distinguished. Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day of her death. Okay, so if I did do a dance up here, you might think twice about making fun of me, right? Michal certainly paid a price for despising people worshiping the living God. Okay, you know, um, illustration here. You know, one of the main points is, are we ashamed of our expression of praise to God? Now, I'm not saying you need to do these things at all. There's so many expressions, um, and it's not right or it's not wrong. You know, some people like to praise their hands to God. Uh, some people actually will bow down before God. Some people will just stand there and just praise God singing. I mean, there's so many wonderful expressions. So I'm not putting anything on anybody. But the question is, if you've kind of secretly wanted to raise your hands in church, but you know weren't quite sure, you know maybe felt a little bit bad about it, or maybe you wondered, should I clap sometime? You know, would that be appropriate? Is that really me to clap in front of other people? You know, who's looking? You know, maybe God would just stretch you a little bit, right? Okay. Well, uh, a number of years ago, Cornerstone in a different building, uh, back in our more charismatic days, pretty much the whole church sometimes would dance around the sanctuary. I mean, it was just an amazing thing. I mean, praising God, it wasn't some spectacle for spectacle's sake. It's because we wanted to praise God. So I'm standing, you know how when you go to a dance, and you know, usually the girls will dance, especially if you're in high school, the guys just kind of stand on the side, right? And hands in their pocket, just kind of looking out. So I'm standing there, cornerstone, and I'm standing against the side of the, the building. and I mean, they're all, they're all dancing around in a circle in the sanctuary, just praising God, having a good old time. I'm just kind of standing there thinking, you know, what am I going to do here? Well, in, I, uh, in the door comes my boss at B&W. And I do a double take. And I said, he comes over to me. I said, John, what are you doing here? He said, I need answers. My wife left me. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I said, well, we can get together after church. And um, so I witnessed to him big time when I worked there. And he tracked me down. I didn't know how he knew I went to Cornerstone. I must have told him. But So he comes in. So now I was thinking I was going to jump in, right, and take some laps around the church. So now my boss is standing there, right? This is professional. You know, this is million-dollar contract type of work. And I'm standing there. What am I going to do? And, you know, I, I really felt like, okay, Lord, I'm not going to be ashamed. And I jumped in and I took some laps around and dance before the Lord. And I just resolved, I'm not going to be ashamed of God, even though He's standing there watching me. And um, So, you know, it's okay. People don't care what you look like when you praise. They really don't. Not, Not interested at all. Okay, so that's something we can get from David's expression of praise. You guys, men probably didn't really want to hear that. 
but it's in there. <laughs> okay, Psalm 42. Let's take a look at Psalm 42 here. This is a psalm of the sons of Korah. Okay. You guys, you guys do know the psalms were sung, right? Yeah. As the deer panted for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. Remember that song? Yeah. That's how they sung this song. That's, I got the melody on YouTube from the Sons of Korah. <laughs> you didn't know that. <laughs> okay, so whoever, the Sons of Korah is going through. If you're panting, I mean, a, a thirsty deer that's dying of water, right? That's what's going on here. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. So the sons of Korah, this guy is going through something pretty deep. And later on in the psalm, it says, it mentions that he's going through oppression of the enemy. So this guy's being attacked. This guy's being oppressed. And what's his song to God? What's his expression to God? He's, he's just hungering and thirsting. He realizes if he doesn't get the water of God, He's not going to make it. And so he's, he's just crying out to God. And remember I asked you, I said, is it okay to sing the blues when you feel down? Is it okay to just kind of sing a bluesy tune? The answer is yes, if it points to praise. Okay, Just singing the blues for the blues' sake means nothing as a Christian. I'm not saying about enjoying music, uh, entertainment. I'm not talking about that. But as a Christian, it's got to lead us to God. Right? And this guy, he starts singing the blues here. Uh, my tears have been my food day and night. While well, they say to me all day long, where is your God? Verse 5, why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him. This is a really neat psalm because he's down. Like when you sink into despair, you can stay in despair and then the thoughts of um, quitting come up, thoughts of withdrawal come up, and ultimately thoughts of suicide come up. So you never want to stay in despair. What is this, what is this sons of Korah, what does he do? He says, hope, why are you so down, O my soul? Hope in God for I will yet praise Him. So no matter how down you are, that's real and you're in pain, and you want to give up. That's okay. You guys know it's okay to want to give up. It's okay to want to quit. It's okay to be so afraid. It's okay to be so in pain that you, you're just so tired, you just want to stop. That's okay. But it's not okay to stay there. Because what needs to bubble up out of your little soul is the power of the Holy Spirit bringing up into your mind hope in God, for I will yet praise him. There's hope in God. So when you read this psalm, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. This guy is going up and down again like a yo-yo. So he tells this despairing tale and then he says, why so down, O my soul? Hope in God, I will yet praise Him. So he kind of goes back up and then he goes back down and then he goes back up. But he ends the psalm praising God because he knows where he can put his trust. And so the application for us is your expression of praise you come to God and you be completely honest. You tell God exactly what's going on. 
if you're upset, if you don't like the situation, you tell God. But don't stop. Don't stop without praising Him, and don't stop without any hope, because that's when bitterness, resentment, hope, or I'm sorry, despair, and all those other things will come and attack you. You can't stop there. You've got to end up with hope and trust in God. Does that make sense? Okay. Psalm 57. This is again, this, uh, this is um, David hiding in the caves. Remember Saul's trying to kill him? Now we watch movies. What is every movie? What's the theme of every movie? Good guy versus bad guy, right? Yeah, that's exactly what's going on here. Could you imagine being chased in Lynchburg with somebody trying to kill you? And maybe your family. I, I can't imagine it. And you have to flee in fear. And then you're hiding out in somebody else's house. You had to leave your house in the middle of the night because someone's attacking you. Um, so you go to a friend's house and you're hiding there and they know your friend and they come for you there so you have to go somewhere else. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be the most horrible, wretched experience you could have? You would feel sick to your stomach with fear? That would be terrible. Well, David's in a cave. Saul's trace, chasing him all over the countryside trying to kill him. How does this guy feel? Well, we read Psalm 57. Here's how he feels. Be gracious to me, O God, is how he starts it out. For my, to- my soul takes refuge in you. So David immediately goes to God. He knows where to go. Um, I'm going to start in verse 7, though. You guys remember this song by Mercy Me? Because my heart is steadfast, O God. And I will sing with all my heart and soul music for the King. That's where they got this song. Are there, you guys remember that song, Mercy Me, Praise Song? They got it from Psalm 57. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises. Awake, my glory. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. With my praise to you, O Lord. Pretty cool, huh? I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. Why? Why? Why are we singing praises? For your loving kindness. It's so big, God. It's like it reaches to the heavens. And God, your truth. I love your truth, Lord. It's it's so awesome. It goes to the clouds. So God, you just be exalted, God. Let the whole earth see how powerful and wonderful and awesome you are. Let your glory, God, be above all the earth. Let everybody see how awesome you are, God. That's what I want. Say, wait a minute. The guy's been running around in fear of his life. What's he doing? That doesn't sound like a man that's in fear of his life, does it? That sounds like a man that has, he knows who he is in his God. So if you're in a situation where somebody is coming against you, against your children, maybe at work, uh, you know, something is, you're having to fight something off, um, there's hope. There's hope. Because you put your trust in God and what's going to happen? God's going to bring you through it and you're going to praise Him for who He is even in the midst of an incredibly difficult situation. 
And God's going to give you the victory because that's who He is and that's what He does. Okay, Psalm 57. Now we go to uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Context of this is Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. He was a good king. And Moab and Ammon, the enemies of Israel, were marching. They get this horde together. They're going to march on Judah against Jehoshaphat. Okay, so Jehoshaphat, it's not up there, but it says he was afraid. What did he do? It says he turned his attention to seek the Lord and he proclaims a fast through all of Judah. So that's the right thing to do when you're afraid of something, when people are coming against you, a situation is against you, you're going to lose your house, foreclosure, something big is coming against you, you proclaim a fast and you pray. Well, what's neat is God, the, whole, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon this guy, Jehaziel, and fills this guy up. This guy prophesies and says, hey, don't worry about it. God's going to give you the victory. Okay, I'm paraphrasing. So let's go to verse 21 now. By the way, Jehoshaphat actually believed the word of the Lord. When he consulted, that's Jehoshaphat, with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised Him in holy attire as they went out before the army and said... I need to stop right there. So when you're you know, colonels, generals, and you're doing battle... You know, you send this battalion here and this brigade here. You send them to this marine group over here, right? Well, this is a military exercise. Joshua is sending the praise brigade out front. They're playing point. It's pretty amazing. When they began singing... Oh, wait, hold on. I skipped an important part here. As they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord for His loving kindness is everlasting. That was their battle cry. God's love is everlasting. When they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. So they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. So God is causing the enemy to fight against themselves. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, <laughs> they helped to destroy one another. So God is just causing a complete rout, having the enemy turn on each other and destroy each other. And that's what it says. When Judah came to look out of the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and behold, there were corpses lying on the ground and no one escaped. I mean, tens of thousands of corpses you know, vultures coming down, the enemies of God. That was their end. Because of a battle, a praise regiment was sent out before the army. Isn't that cool? So what, you know, say, but we don't fight physical battles and we don't. So, you know, how does that work in today's society? I'll share an illustration with you. Um, years ago when I, I was teaching uh, for the city schools, uh, that was a difficult job for me personally, um, just with the the respect level of the students. Um, and I wasn't a person that liked confrontation anyway. So for me to go five days a week, uh, year after year after year, uh, with confrontation, that really that really wreaked havoc on me. So the only way I made it 
was I had to praise. But it wasn't just ordinary praise songs. I praised specifically. Uh, You might call them militant praise songs. And I'll give you an example of one. Um, You know, Hosanna had, you know, mighty warrior dressed for battle. Uh, You know, Christ is our commander-in-chief, basically. And He goes before us. And so even though I don't have I don't have a physical enemy. My students weren't my physical enemy. But the, the principalities and powers that would try to use people to bring fear in my heart, um, to want to shut me down. Uh, and, and they tried to do it because I'm not one to contain my light. If I'm, if I'm going to be working in a classroom day after day, I'm going to share my faith in, in some form or fashion. And so Satan didn't want me there doing that. So every single morning, I had to sing these militant praise songs. And it was a battle. And, and that's what God brought me through um, by His mercy. And after seven years, He released me. And when you go through battle, you're hurt. You're wounded. And physically, my health had been beaten down. Emotionally, I had been beaten down. And spiritually, uh, I took, it took a heavy toll on, on me completely. Uh, but God was good. I stayed faithful. I didn't give up. I went in. I, I cared for those kids. I prayed for those kids. I loved those kids. Some I was able to tell about Jesus Christ. And um, you know, I taught them. And now when I see them, they just seem to all have great memories of me, which is amazing. <laughs> it really is an amazing thing. So you, got, you have to fight sometimes. And if you don't fight, you're going to get your butt kicked. You really are. You have to fight. And praise is one way to fight. Because when you praise God, what you're saying is, Satan, I don't care what you're throwing at me. I know who I am. And I'm going to tell God in song who I am and who you are and how you're defeated. That's what, that's what you're saying when you choose to praise God. Okay, so that's a pretty neat expression of praise with Jehoshaphat. Let's look at Psalm 103. This is one of my favorite psalms. Psalm 103 is just incredible. Um, in verse 20, I love verse 20. This is David. He says, Bless the Lord, you angels, mighty in strength who perform His Word, obeying the voice of His Word. Bless the Lord, all you His hosts, you who serve Him, doing His will. Bless the Lord, all you His works of His, in all places of His dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Okay, so you missed it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what you missed. When David said, bless the Lord, all you His angels. Is that an interrogative sentence? Is that an imperative sentence? Right? It's an imperative. It's a command, isn't it? So, so wait. So David is speaking to the angels. And what's he doing? He's commanding them to... Praise God. Right? Interrogative is a question. David's not saying, Oh, would you angels please praise God with me this morning? No. He knows who he is. He's he's really he's really inviting the angels to praise God with him. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever done that. I do it all the time. Because David did it. I love it, man. I love every single morning I go out, I just call the angels to come worship with me. Is it some big task for them to do it? 
No, I think the angels are up there waiting. They're hovering, saying, man, I can't wait till he walks outside because as soon as he starts walking around that neighborhood, he's calling us to praise. And I can't wait to come be with him. So just, again, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to give you, I'm trying to expand your expressions of praise, okay? God is really looking for you to do that. David just barks off commands. He's talking to creation. Right? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So I love that. I really, really. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Okay, that's a great expression of praise. I, I said we we're going to answer the question, do angels sing? We know they praise, but do they sing? I know this is an important question. We're going to look at Job. We're going to see. Job. Job's going to tell us here. In Job chapter 38. That's not up there. I'm going to start out in verse 4. Now, Job had wanted audience with God because he thought if he could have audience with God, he would vindicate himself. Job called God to court. Pretty bold. And God actually showed up. Okay, It was a little surprising what God said to Job. Verse 4, this is God speaking. Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set its measurements, since you know? Or who stretched the line on it? Or what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Isn't that cool? Can you just picture that? You know, God's act of creation and just all the angels. I think the morning stars and sons of God are in parallel there. Sons of God just means messengers of God. We weren't there when that was happening. It's got to be the angels, right? So yeah, angels are singing. And we too can sing about God's creation because it's so wonderful. Okay, let's go to uh, Luke chapter 15. Let's see, uh, angels are a good example for us. You guys remember Jesus told the parable, uh, man has a hundred sheep, does he not leave the hundred uh, to go find the one lost sheep, right? And when he finds them, what does he do? You rejoice. So he used that to uh, introduce verse 10. In the same way, I tell you, there is more joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. So at one, one of my messages, I showed you guys the Global Media Outreach website. And it had in real time how many people were getting saved at the moment. Do you guys remember that? I think it was like 14,000 people. And I don't know if that's every second. And that's just one little mission organization. One mission organization was reporting 14,000 people getting saved at least every day. So how many people right now as I'm speaking are getting saved? Hundreds of thousands? What's going on in heaven right now? The angels are just going crazy. So the next time you're looking for, you know, what do I, how do I praise God? You know, what, what do I really say? And what is there to praise God for? In the, in, the, in the ten seconds that it took you to think that, you know, maybe hundreds of thousands of people just got saved. Thank Him for that, right? Praise Him for that. Pretty cool. Okay. And then uh, Mary, of course, in Luke 1.46. 
Mary, the mother of Jesus. Again, I'm not going to read the entire thing. But what this woman wrote after the angel told her she was going to be the mother of the Son of God, I mean, that's incredible. You, you should just read. This week, I encourage you to read these scriptures I'm giving you because they're really going to lighten your heart up. In verse 46, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. That's what she said. That's exactly what she said. For he has had regard for the humble state of his bondservant. For behold, from this time on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things. She just goes on and on. You want a pattern of praise? You just look at her vocabulary. You look at David's vocabulary. You look at Moses' vocabulary. Okay, These are the patterns that, that will help you praise God. Okay? So keep these, keep these in your Bible somewhere. She's just awesome what she says. I'm not going to go into it because I don't have time. Finally, I'm going to answer the, the, you know, did Jesus actually praise God? Did you guys think of any scriptures for that? Where it says Jesus actually, where Jesus is recorded as praising His Father. Anyone think of any scriptures on that? In uh, Matthew 26, this is the Lord's Supper which is what we're going to celebrate today. This is the last Passover. Jesus got together with His disciples. And he's, he's, says, you know, He offers them the bread. Take and eat. He offers them the, the wine. This is the blood of, in the covenant. What's interesting, in verse 30, it says, after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. It's, just, it's real short. It's just kind of hidden in there. But yes, Jesus sang hymns. Isn't that cool? And we pretty much know the Mishnah said that he sang the Hallel, uh, the last Psalm 115 through 118. So go ahead and read Psalms 115 through 118 because those are the Psalms that Jesus sung at this last Passover. So I thought that's pretty cool. Okay, finally with the Apostle Paul in Romans uh, chapter 11. Paul is writing this heavy book of Romans, right? Everyone knows Romans is. Uh, you know, so weighty and it's such a treatise on, on salvation and sin and Adam and Israel and you know, Israel was cut off and branches were cut off so you could be grafted in. It talks about predestination, right? It talks about all these weighty topics. So Paul's Paul's writing this thing, these pretty heavy topics, and in verse thirty three something happens to him. He says, Oh the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His judgments and unfathomable His, unfathomable His ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become His counselor? Or who has first given to Him that it might be paid back to Him again? For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things to Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Where did that come from? One minute He's saying branches are going to be broken off of Israel and you Gentiles are beginning going to be grafted in. Next thing you know, this guy spontaneously erupts in praise. So, this, could you imagine like, you know, you're writing a paper in, in college and you're writing something on, 
you know, something on God, some heavy topic, and you realize what you're actually writing. It just the Holy Spirit quickens to your mind. You're like, this is absolutely incredible. The Spirit just rises up within you, and you just spontaneously praise God. And we got to read about it 2,000 years later. So uh, you can look at look at this also as an expression of praise. Well, I hope I've I've given you some things to think about uh, to praise God to Increase your praise time, right? Okay. And we want to transition into communion. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434 847 Four seven nine six. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.